Welcome to this episode of Background Check Radio. I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode, we'll debunk the myth of turnaround time. Why a longer background check can be good for you, your client, and their applicants. Stick around. I want to talk today about something that's universally agreed upon by background screeners and employers. A feeling with no known difference of opinion. Something believed in so strongly that in nearly 20 years in the industry for me, I've never heard a very compelling argument to the contrary, especially as the speed of business moves faster and the ability to communicate gets easier. I want to talk about this because this belief forces every single day for every background check company and every employer a series of decisions, trade-offs, and risk tolerance choices that permeate everything we do. These decisions and trade-offs, these internal risk calculations, they're not always seen, not always felt, but they're always there. It's the universally held belief that tomorrow your client's candidate will take a job with their competitor if the background check isn't finished today. Now, that may be a bit too dramatic, but the general framework holds that if the background check isn't finished fast enough, the employer will lose the candidate to someone else. Employers believe it, background checkers believe it, and they'll be mad, and they'll blame you. And if it happens over time, and it happens enough, they'll leave you. But what I haven't seen is data. And I don't think this is as true as we think it is. And is that because I want to be right? I hope it's not true because all the contortions, trade-offs, corner-cutting, and watering down of accuracy and quality standards that can happen in our industry, it happens because of this fear. So I'm here to lay out the other side with logic and data inferences of my own from the background screener's perspective. I'm here to try and make that compelling argument that while it's a strongly held opinion, it's a pretty rare occurrence to the benefit and relief of employers and background screeners. And while I might not break down that steel barrier, I at least hope to weaken it. Now, 15 years ago, the fear was amongst employers, well, I do a background check, but my competitor doesn't. So they have a leg up in the hiring process because it's quicker. It doesn't take as long. That really was realistic feedback back then, when far fewer employers did pre-hire screening. But Now, each study I see puts the percent of companies that screen before hiring in the mid-90s. It's a more level hiring process and timeline. I'll argue out of both sides of my mouth. Yes, in some instances, you'll lose the candidate. Retail, fast food, temporary staffing, but those are low-price, low-margin background checks, checks that contain some of the highest legal and compliance risk in our industry. The high-price, high-margin more comprehensive, deeper dive background checks, those have lower legal and compliance risk, and I don't see that same candidate loss due to time as the other industries. People who read me, listen to me, or work with me as a client know I'm a huge fan of persuasion as a way to influence, correct, or convince someone to want something different than they initially asked for. After all, This is an industry where we're forced to say no a lot. That's against the law. 
That file cabinet is locked, and the high school registrar is the only one with a key, and she's on a cruise for a month. Our task is to communicate and convince a client to accept things out of our control without holding us responsible for it. For example, finish it faster. Well, let me convince you why you really shouldn't want that. Do it cheaper. Well, let me convince you why you should actually want to pay more. Now, there's always going to be people you can't convince, but just because you can't convince all doesn't mean you shouldn't try and convince some. I get it. It's a normal feeling. After all, who wants to argue with a client? Who wants to tell a client you disagree and then be unable to convince them that you're right? You didn't gain a thing and you just pissed them off. I I totally get it. So what happens is, as background screeners, we wind up sticking to the real black and white stuff. I I can't break the law for you kind of stuff. But the gray area, the stuff we're initially asked to do that behind the scenes, we twist ourselves into a pretzel trying to accommodate. Things we discuss internally, does this increase our legal exposure? Things we beat up our researchers and staff for. Uh, Things we analyze. How much money do I throw at a tech solution that improves a problem that happens 5% of the time by 5%? Clients don't see that. And and we do that because we persuaded ourselves we can't persuade our clients. I think we can persuade our clients. And here are a few ways how. For this bedrock assumption to be true, the following conditions have to exist. Multiple background check orders for the same person are floating around in space at the same time. We know this because we know 90% of employers screen. So if the candidate is applying three different places, it should be three different background checks ordered. Here's where our large CRA friends can provide some insight. After all, With tens of thousands of clients and millions of screens per year, this has to mean from time to time, they've received multiple orders for the same candidate in the same period of time. The connection is those employers are clients of the same CRA. It'll happen. If you're running millions of screens a year, even a minute percentage is a noticeable number. One in every 10,000 at a million background checks is still... 100 times. If you're listening and you work for a large CRA, how often do you recall this happening? Next, for this assumption to be true, physical case copies that are reviewed to more deeply explore possible criminal records in a courthouse are misplaced or checked out because some other background checker is looking at the same file for the same person for a different employer. We don't need to look at a physical file that often anymore but we still do from time to time. And not every person has a criminal record, but again, at scale, it can and will every so often occur. It has for me twice in 18 years. Next, for this to be true, this assumes that the previous employer's HR department got the same call two to three days in a row from different people, whether it be the background screener or the new prospective employers themselves asking for information. That indicate two to three background checks are in process for two to three different employers, right? Well, our research team has surely heard feedback from previous employers that, golly, three of you guys just called this week. That happens, right? We hear it. How often? That's what I thought. 
Same idea with references, previous supervisors, etc., who are called to attest to the candidate's character or job qualifications. They're not in HR, so they're not used to getting these calls at all. We've heard that feedback before, right? Why do you guys keep calling me? Yeah. So if you're in the screening industry right now listening to this and you've been in the game for a while and you haven't had a lot of these things happen to you, you may be rethinking the strength of that absolute belief we've spoke of before. I've been in the screening industry a very long time, and these things are extremely rare for me. But they are things that can, not always, but they happen. The candidate has two to three opportunities on the table. I just don't think it happens that often. After all, this assumption demands that speed is what matters to a candidate when making a choice. Not job fit, not pay, not vacation time, not the commute. That all those factors are equal or less important than accepting the first job that clears the background check process. Does that happen? Sure. Does that happen a lot? Well, put yourself in those shoes. You're a job seeker. What criteria matter most to you? Job fit? Pay? Vacation time? Commute? The speed at which the background check is finished? Is that most important to you? Uh, That's what I thought. While quality and accuracy are at the forefront of a CRA's legal responsibilities, both to the applicant and the client, it's speed that often influences buying decisions. So it's speed that background checkers worry about the most, and it's speed that I'm talking to you today about trying to de-emphasize as an important component of the process. Because we're stuck between the belief that faster above all else is better and more expansive background checks that ironically reduce risk for the client, it increases the business risk to background screening businesses that you'll leave if it's not fast enough. Thus, the inherent conflict and contortions we twist ourselves into. Now, fast certainly matters. And I'm not talking about a week's difference between your ability to complete a background check and a competitor's. I believe if you're in a generally accepted industry range for turnaround time, you're just fine. So here's our task. If you can convince employers they're not at such risk as they think they are, you can convince them to choose quality. And if you can convince employers to choose quality, you can convince them to buy more background check products and services. This isn't selfish or sleazy or shady. More products equals a better background check. A better background check equals less risk. A potentially more qualified employee with potentially lower turnover and greater work performance. Are, are we really willing as employers to throw all those benefits away because we think if the background check isn't done in the next 10 minutes, the candidate's going to accept your competitor's offer in an hour? The world moves fast, folks, but I don't think it moves that fast. I think we, all of us, Employers, CRAs, we're compromising when we have little reason to do so. If you're an employer and you spend a lot of money on background checks because you think that what you're doing appropriately manages risk for your organization, that's fine. And if you don't spend a lot of money on background checks because you don't have much money, I understand that. But if you're an employer who wants to order more background check products but don't because you think more background check products will increase the turnaround time, And if you increase the turnaround time, you lose the candidate. And keeping the candidate is preferable 
to all the things you wanted to do to better manage your organization's risk in the first place, you're choosing filling the position today over protecting the company and all of its positions tomorrow. might not intentionally be doing it, but that's what you're doing. Here's my broader point. Yes, this does happen. And if we try and make the case, the employer will say, yep, I lose candidates when you take too long. And candidates accept jobs with competitors make me upset. And if it happens too often, I'm going to have to find somebody who can do it faster. And that doesn't mean you. So I'm, I'm not here to demolish that belief that it never occurs. It can and does happen. After all, if I try and totally discredit it, we won't have to look very far to prove I'm wrong. I'm just here to point out, I think based on facts, logic, and my 20 years in this business, it doesn't happen nearly enough as we assume it does. And I think that's a gift from the background check gods. I think this because for it to happen on a large scale, several of the conditions I outlined before have to be true, or at least have to be noticed more often than we see Haley's Comet. And they just aren't. So what's the fix? Persuade the client for every candidate they lose every couple months when this happens, which is a very, very small number for a sizable company, the choices they make within their screening program will be infinitely better. But you're not going to make that sale at the recruiter or generalist or even the head of talent acquisition level. That's not their job. Their job is to fill positions, not manage risk. You got to make the sale higher up. Risk compliance departments, security officers, VP level folks. When you give them something more comprehensive, more risk contained, more money saved by better quality of hire, you're giving them more of everything. All they have to do and all you have to convince them to do is become comfortable that every once in a while they're going to lose a candidate to a competitor, which is easy to do. Ironically, the senior vice president of HR doesn't care so much that the 11th product junior analyst level four position is open for two more weeks. They care about bigger things. Their company will be okay. And at that level, they know it, I promise. And yours will become infinitely better as well. Because it all starts with what I'm doing right now. Communication. A lot of times we call it education, which is true, but I prefer persuasion. Learning how to personally become and train your staff on how they can become more persuasive is key to winning more business, keeping more clients, selling additional services, and increasing your profits. I promise. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Background Check Radio. I'm Kevin Bachman. Find me if you want to learn how.